How do you make a vacation last? How do you hold on to the joy, the clarity, the calm? Easy. You go to Aruba. You'll spend your time relaxing on cool, white, sandy beaches and floating in healing blue water. You'll meet locals brimming with gratitude for an island that redefines what a paradise can be. You won't just feel great. You'll feel relaxed, renewed, and ready for life. That's the Aruba effect. Plan your trip at aruba.com. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. The Man City Show is backed for the season by Ladbrooks. Welcome to the Man City Show. It's Nigel Rothband back in the chair to review and discuss two very different games with two contrasting results. A defeat on Tyneside, despite scoring in the first minute, and a victory at the Etihad, despite scoring in the first minute, against Arsenal. Uh, having travelled to the Etihad on Sunday with one of my guests, it was so cold that I can confirm that she wore two scarves. So, in no particular order... It's a great welcome to my three guests, to two scarves, Lisa Rabinovitz. Hello. To two mates, Yogi Barron. Hello. And to two brain cells, Nick Goldstone. Hi, Nigel. The Man City Show is back for the season by Ladbrooks. Go to bet.citypodcast.net for all the latest odds and offers. Can we start, please, at St. James's Park? A very strong lineup that we're all very pleased to see, I think, when we saw it. What went wrong? Oof. <laughs> we lost 2-1. Sergio scored, if you I'm remember. trying to blot it out. Well, you it can't because so it's significant. Dire and dreadful. We got, a, we, got, we got a let off thanks to the result the night after, but we were absolutely atrocious. And, I mean, losing there is not that easy. Losing there with a goal head start is very, very difficult. Um, but we just um, we didn't turn up. We really didn't turn up. Disappointing performance, Lisa. Probably one of the most disappointing ones, considering the chance we had with that early start. Everybody says, you know, I think we said even on the podcast, yeah, let's have an early goal. Um, it was and too sh- early, I think. Yeah? Is uh, that possible? I, so, I know people always say things like, oh, we scored too early. I think in this case we really did, because we just turned off after that. It was almost like we... It was, I think we have discussed this before, and I just... I really hope it's not the case, but I feel like they do turn up to some games and just think that's all they have to do and then because they scored so early I think that that was it they thought well we've done what we needed to do now we'll probably score another one at some point that's that's how it came across anyway it was it it was like there was no but there have been quite a few matches recently where we have coasted in the first half and then he's obviously put a rocket up them and come out in the second half better but this time it that didn't work I think that was partly due to De Bruyne's booking um, but I, I, I just I have no explanation for it, other than 
arrogant. Well, what about complacency, Yogi? Is that something that obviously Pepper said all the way through, we cannot afford to be complacent? But you look at that performance and, and you look at the result and you start to question whether, and the early goal, as we said, was there some complacency there? Any, any other reasons you could see? Well, no, I think definitely the complacency. And I mean, I looked at, I, we didn't have a shot on target in the last half hour. I mean, that's just appalling. And, and then and Pep's body language all night was just weird. He, he was he, even you know before they went ahead, he was he seemed to be sulking about something. And uh, and I, I mean, saying that if we'd have, if we'd have got away with the free kick, if that hadn't been disallowed, I mean, fair enough. He did say wait for the whistle, but if we got that, I think we'd have just walked him. But it was after that, then they seemed to just stop, and it was it was odd. There's there's definitely some sort of collective uh, psychology around it because it's not just one or two of them that do it. It's all of them at the same time. Um, and Pep, I think, said after the Arsenal game, he said, look, you know, you, it's not like they're a bunch of little kids and you've got to scream and shout and tell them what they did wrong. They know. Um, but it doesn't stop them doing it. And it's all very well saying, well, you give them a bit of a rocket up the backside at half-time. And in fact, you know, that happened a few weeks ago. When I, when I was last on the podcast, we were talking about that. can't remember which game it was when we were terrible first half and then went out and scored another couple of goals. And that just didn't happen at Newcastle. Um, but why do they need a rocket at half-time? Why, why are they playing so badly from the beginning of the game? And all of us, everyone who, who's a City fan who's been watching them for years, would have known if not after a couple of minutes, after a quarter of an hour, without a doubt, you know, they were just coasting along, drifting aimlessly. There was no intent to any of the passing. It was passing for the sake of passing. And there was just nothing going on. And they just seemed to... They, they collectively come to a, almost a complete halt. Nobody's moving. You can pass, but there's nobody moving to make a pass to. So you're just going round in circles. And inevitably, you get to a point where, you know, they get one... They get a half a chance a ball over the top into the box and it's a goal and then a terrible mistake and a penalty and you know there was just no response from them. Uh, by all accounts, Pep kept them in the dressing room actually kicked some of the backroom stuff out, as, as I believe, and I think he only wanted certain people in the inner circle, even in the dressing room, or the locker room, as he insists on calling it, um, is, is my understanding, and, and did give them a rollicking at the end of the game as well at half-time. But uh, it's a good job that uh, Liverpool slipped up at Leicester, isn't it, as well? Because uh, they could easily have been seven points ahead, and you would argue at that point, well, really difficult for us to come back from that. But them slipping up and then us getting that victory at the weekend, which we'll come on to, um, and obviously we are recording this before the West Ham game I guess as soon as this is uploaded people will know so we don't know the score okay we're doing this before the West Ham game so if you think why are you not talking about that amazing game or that fantastic result we have no idea what's going to happen um, so good job they, they slipped up and we're kind of hoping that Manuel tonight we don't know the result uh, will do us a favour yes but I, I still think it's it's largely irrelevant because regardless of what Liverpool do, and I still think they're going to have to seriously mess up, we are not. We have to be near perfect, and we've just proven in the last week that we aren't capable of doing that for whatever reason. And, you know, I, 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 I will change that. We are capable of doing that. We're just not doing it. And there's some reason we're not. And honestly, we just can't. I, I think we have to win every game that's left, and I, I just can't see it happening. But but we have. And Yogi, if you think of, if you like, we can come on to the, the Arsenal game, if you like, because it was a bit of a game of two halves where first half, 
we yeah we scored early, but we let them back in, and we kind of just about scored before the the second half. And then second half, we were a totally different side. We dominated completely. So if we if we play the rest of the season like we did in the second half, they didn't have a shot on target. I don't think. No. Uh, you know, if we play like that, and there's no reason why Liverpool could they could slip up, couldn't they? Oh, Liverpool could definitely slip up. And I, but I, I feel at the moment he's likely to be more at home than than away because there's so much pressure on them now and they. they you know, the Liverpool fans, all this history rubbish, and so, so I mean, I don't. I think they're going to win tonight. I mean, it's it will suit them, uh, the uh, Olympic Stadium. But yeah, it's, it's the same thing. It's just, I mean, if it, if it had been you know a tremendous defensive performance from Newcastle in the second half, you know, throwing bodies on the line, but it wasn't. They were just <laughs> we weren't good enough. Two banks of two banks of four. And it wasn't if the goalkeeper, yeah, the goalkeeper didn't have to make a save in the sure. after half an hour, and it was just, I don't know, it was just weird. Well, what's your view, Nick, then, of the kind of the City Liverpool sort of run in now? Sort of bearing in mind, let, let's again, it, it's not really very fair because people will be listening to this knowing the result. But let's let's assume West Ham do us a favour and we win midweek against Everton. Suddenly, we're on top of the league, albeit with a game in hand, and that changes the dynamic completely. Yeah, if they win, it sort of goes back to where we were before. But your thoughts on that Liverpool City sort of contest to, to now and the end of the season, how that's going to play out? Uh, yeah, it it can change very very quickly either way, um, and frankly, it, it it could go it could go any way from here. Um, what is really really important is that we're still looking over their shoulder and breathing down their necks when it gets to the crunch because. It would be a travesty if we're not, you know, we, we might win it, we might not. Liverpool might run away with it, then they might not. If they go ahead and win all the rest of their games or come very close, then, you know, there's nothing you can do about it. But the travesty will be to not push them and make them really work for it because they're going to have to really, really work hard uh, to win it. And if, if, if we let them get away because of our results, then that would be a real, a real shame and a real letdown. And the reality, Lisa, of Liverpool slipping up, I mean, obviously you, you've, you've quite rightly said we've got to win every single game to keep that pressure up, and we know that. And we can, we, listen, we're capable of doing that, depends which City team turn up, we know that. But what about Liverpool and their resolve and, and their determination? I mean, they've not won top flight, they've never won the Premier League, of course, and not won it for 20-odd years, I believe, the, sort of the, the championship, whatever you want to call it, league title. So there is a huge expectation on Merseyside. Um, a lot of pressure on them. Klopp will be, there'll be statues all over Merseyside that, you know, the minute uh, they win it, if indeed they do. Your thoughts on their realistic chance? We said, just to remind you, Leicester City. I remember saying, oh, well, they've not had a bad run yet. They've not had any injuries yet. And they just kept winning and they kept going and they had that momentum. I kind of feel it a little bit myself that Liverpool are a bit the same. I have been saying for a long time that I can't see them slipping up like they did the last time, literally. Mm. But um, I, obviously I want to be wrong about that. I sure. think we're talking about... a diff- I think they have got a stronger character than they had then. Um, you know, if they got... If they lost one or two key players to injury like we have throughout the season, then you'd be talking of a different story maybe, but that's not really the point. The point is they're doing the job in front of them better than we are at the moment. And I... It pains me to say it. I'm going to have to leave the country for an extended period of time when they do win it. But you know, but I care more about, and I agree with Nick, if we keep on them, then we'll be there if they do slip up. But if we don't, 
then it's irrelevant. Like, quite frankly, I and, and, you know, who knows? Spurs might keep on top of them instead. But I... I the just, very thought. I, I know. It's even... I, don't, I, I can't decide which is worse. But um, <laughs> I, I think we just have to... We, we, obviously, we have to hope that they drop points here or there. But the most important thing we have to do is win every single game. Because if we finish the league two points behind them, it will be painful. But at least we have pushed them. Rather than whoever finished how many points behind us last season. No one came anywhere near us. And... At least would have given, at least would have kept the pressure, like Nick said, the pressure on them all the way to the end. Um, it's it is harder for us though because we are still in every competition, so it is more difficult. The pressure will be massive, absolutely enormous on them. I mean, twenty fourteen, they won about twelve or fifteen in a row, and everyone said they're just going to go and win it, and they're just never going to lose, and they blew it, and they massively blew it. And as that time comes closer and closer. The whole of the media is going to be replaying all of that stuff over and over and over again. Um, their fan base is going to be absolutely killing themselves. Uh, and that sort of stuff ramps up. It all ramps up the pressure. I also, I also think that's another reason why we should not be letting up on any opposition and we should be trying to score as many goals as possible mm. because I could see this ending up on a goal difference situation because similarly, when we first won the Premier League, I think we were under an awful lot of pressure. And mm-hmm. um, okay, we won it, but we won it on goal difference. Mm-hmm. So at the moment, obviously before the the West Ham game that's oh, been played, shortly, I think we're five betting. They've got a goal difference of plus forty one, and after the weekend we're plus forty six. So at the moment, it's a sort of a five five goal better average. I so, also think it'd be interesting how how hard they go against Bayern Munich in the in Champions League, because I mean they they sort of basically gave up against Wolves mm-hmm. and I could see them doing something similar I mean I'm, you know, they're not going to throw the game but you know maybe not quite so because they've won it so many times and it's a dilemma we have of course and Lisa mentioned the fact yeah. we're in four competitions and, and you look at the sort of uh, the way we've played the Carabao Cup the League Cup whatever over the last three or four seasons Pep takes that competition yeah. seriously because it's silverware and we want to win yeah, but, the same with the FA Cup yeah. as well but a, moment, a moment we've got the squad everybody's coming back I mean there's only who's there's uh, Bravo company again and Mendy's Dodger but Mendy's coming back so there's no we've had the injuries but we're now over them whereas Liverpool now seem to be getting them certainly in defence that they're getting the, the injuries uh, so I think we've got the squad to be able to it's it just it's careful management of rotation but uh, so if you were a betting man I've not asked you the show you've not been on the show for a while mm. so let me ask this question I've asked a number of people your thoughts in terms of if you had to choose between Liverpool and City now I know what your heart would say clearly we'd all be in the same boat but with your high intellect there only only two mates but high intellect what would you I, say who's, who would your money on if I, I gave at it at the moment I fear Liverpool yeah I do I mean it, before the Newcastle game I just said, no, I think we're back on it. But I think that can happen again. That's going to happen again. There's going to be a few twists and turns before the end of the season. Yeah, I mean, there was some discussion after the Newcastle loss that, you know, when you look back across the the season so far, we've probably been patchy more than we've been really on it for most of the season. Um, We've had virtual buys in the League Cup to the final. We've had two easy games in the FA Cup. And frankly, I thought that we wouldn't turn out 
really for the Burnley game, which is what I said last time I was on. And then we, you know, it was, I mean, we barely had to. The Champions League, we've not really been tested a great deal and we came fairly close to screwing that up on a, on a few occasions. Um, it's all to it's all to do now, and we're we're kind of lucky that we're still right in there for the league. To be honest with you, yeah, with some of the results and I mean some of the performances we've had. Well, you will know listening to this what happened, of course, between West Ham and Liverpool. Um, and if it was a draw, we just have to win against uh, Everton, and I say we get top spot. Can we can we just move on to uh, our, our latest game then uh, at the weekend against Arsenal, um, and kind of a little bit of a game of two halves, Lisa? Um, you were there again. Um, your kind of thoughts can I start with kind of the lineup first of all because when we saw that team this is Pep who d- d- doesn't have surprises I mean we, we couldn't work out is it three at the back is Gundogan I did I did actually call it the Gundogan we play I thought as a full back I didn't know as a centre back but it wasn't just that it was that fluidity wasn't it as well of that of that kind of when we were defending we had a back four and then of course when we were attacking suddenly we did go to a back three and he, and he was playing in midfield I mean it's just like it just I've not I've not seen that before. I suppose that's how I read it. But you could actually you could actually see that back four and suddenly becoming a back three when we're in that attacking phase. It was a little bit odd, and Fernandinho was playing about five different positions. Because he did I, switch, didn't he, from full he back to centre back? He was, as he was well. a centre back, and then he went to the middle, and then he was seemed to be a right back, and yep. then. And, but what happened was it left us exposed on a number of occasions when you ended up with Fernandinho and Ankar Walker halfway up the pitch and then we lost the ball and then it's like all hell breaking loose. And and I just felt it also, it negated what Fernandinho was really good at for most of the first half. It also seemed to r- render Silva and De Bruyne a bit kind of use not useless a bit <laughs> taking it a bit far but just ineffectual because Unsettled. I just think they didn't it didn't it just didn't look like it was working and I know that obviously we scored very 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 early again um but this we did the same thing again to a certain extent I think it was quite clear we are streets ahead of Arsenal as a football team but we just weren't we just weren't doing anything with it and you know we were I think we were lucky to go in ahead at, at half time because again we kind of just huffed and puffed a lot and didn't really do as much as I would have liked us to and it probably should that game probably should have been over in the first half I think the first thing is that we absolutely demolished Arsenal overall there's no doubt about that and we should have got loads and loads more goals Um, but yeah why play Fernandinho in two or more positions it's it's the kind of thing you do in the playground when you've got your best player and, you, and he says right well I'll play centre forward and I'll play centre back as well because I'm the best player and I'll do what I like it, it, how do you get in a position in a club with that much resource and that many good players where you've got to come up with a new tactic in the middle of the season in one of the most important games but, which but says why, your centre-back's going to move from midfield why to centre Why did he do it? Because he had Danilo on the bench. And he, you know, exactly. He, so why so, did so, he do it? Well, that's I don't my question. understand. What, what, so what's your view? I mean, he obviously thought it through and they, they played to his plan. There's, there's got to be a reason why he did that. Is, he, is he resting Danilo? Does he want to, is it about squad rotation? What... Well, what's your thing? I, I, I don't know. They are maybe, maybe someone listening might be able to tell us. As you know, we're on Twitter at City Podcast. Let, let us know what you think. I mean, what, what was Pep's reasoning for playing pretty much Fernandinho, who's probably our best player in that, in that defensive midfield role, playing him out of position, if you like, and actually playing him in more than one position? I don't understand why he did that with other resources available. Well, I'll tell you why. He, he, there's nobody else who would do that. 
And the reason that... Sorry, just on Clint, as in Pep, or as in no, Fernandinho. There's no, but there's no one other than Pep Guardiola who yeah. would do that because no one other than Guardiola would get away with doing it um, if it was to go wrong. Yeah. And the reason that he gets away with it is because he is untouchable. <laughs> he is the god... He is the greatest in the world and no one ever questions anything that he does and he knows that whatever he does will not rebound on him in a particularly bad way. That's my view. Now, why did he do it? I don't know. Can you throw any light on this, Yogi? I, I think he was, he was overthinking something. And I don't know why. It's Arsenal. We, sh- we will beat Arsenal. Our 11 against their 11, whatever. Every, be- whatever. Yeah. It's just, just the way it is at the moment. Because they're, t- they're too proud to part the bus. Yeah. So they will, they will keep attacking. And then they had the other era. And he played, for, to be fair, he, sorry, played 4 4 2. Sorry. Um, Emery. Uh, Emery, Emery played 4 4 2. Yeah, exactly. You knew, that that's, yeah. you knew they were going to. Got to give him credit for that, I suppose. Have a go, come. but we, yeah. we, we were always going to beat them. So I, I don't think, I don't know why we just didn't have uh, uh, Laporta and Stones at the back. You just played uh, as we normally do. We, we were still going to beat him. I mean, they got the other 35 year old defender up against Sterling. It was yeah. going to. You know, it was going to happen. He, he was just over he, overthinking. And I think sometimes, like the like the Newcastle game, it's almost as if the City players are waiting for Pep to come up with something. So, right, no, do that. Oh, I've had an idea. Right, do that now. So they just keep passing it around, waiting to be suddenly to, to a gesture from the sideline. Even though we won that game very convincingly, there were still some traits there that were exactly why we've not been doing so well this year as we did last mainly that we're trying constantly to score goals through the eye of a needle with the same little movement between the fullback and uh, the centre back often uh, mostly down the left hand side and then it goes across and there's a tap in from a yard when the game opens up and we've got the whole pitch to play in on a breakaway which we must have had half a dozen times in the second half not one single time could they get that right and actually make a not even a chance yeah. They made the wrong Never decision, so they took a shot rather wrong than Wrong decision, square bad or... pass, yep. wrong pass, whatever it was, yep. over and over again. Yeah. Listen, we, we need to talk about the genius. You talked about God earlier on, the God that is Sergio Aguero, uh, Sergio Aguero. I think before we do that, we need to take a quick break. The Man City Show is backed for the season by Ladbrooks. Welcome back. Sergio Aguero, that was his 10th Premier League hat-trick and his 14th Manchester City hat-trick. Are there any words left to describe the genius? He's just getting better and better, isn't he? Yes, Yogi? yes he is. He, uh, he's is got... he 30? Is he 30 already? I'm not sure. Yes. Yeah. He's, he, he's got fitter. He's, he's quicker. And he's, he's now, he, get, he just gets in that position quicker than he I mean he's always good but now he's just he's there and he knows something's coming in you know he, I mean what was the total yardage of his he was, he was about 10 yards <laughs> in total in total four yards was it four yards I don't know I'm guessing a, a yard a yard I'm and sure two yards 10 yards somewhere but it was, it was just he was always there and that's a sign of a great striker oh, so he, it's just I mean he's a great striker the and best is he the best he's the best we've had best we'll yeah. ever have yeah? yeah he's not the best ever though is he He's one of the best ever. Mm. He's got to be up there, hasn't he? I mean, just perhaps he, uh, might, he might make the 
Premiership Team of the Year this year. Oh, don't be silly. You're being, <laughs> you're being stupid now, Yogi. Yeah, I mean, you were doing all right till then. Don't be ridiculous. I actually can't bear to think of the idea of the point at which time he won't be playing for City anymore. Yeah. Because if I go to see one player at City, it's him. Ahead of Silva, yeah. ahead of De Bruyne? For me, just... it's always been Aguero. Yeah. Absolutely. There'll be a bit of a tear in, in, the, in that, oh, in, that I, in those eyes me, of your, the lovely eyes of yours. It's making me feel upset just thinking about it now. But it's going to happen. Brace yourself. It's going to happen, my friend. He is 30 years of age. He's not going to keep going, but I have to say, he is getting better. And that whole nonsense, do you remember when Pep arrived and he's not, he doesn't work hard enough, he doesn't track back? You look at that game, that was absolutely just perfect, wasn't it, to, to, to answer those critics? Well, say, he has upped his game. He's also improved since he's had his operation. I think that has given him a new lease of life, yeah. much to everyone else's upset, I'm sure. But, I mean, I think when the time comes for him to leave, we might have to do a special podcast just to cope with it yeah yeah can you imagine what God, you think of the yaya, phone lines you think of yaya's send off what the hell are they going to do for sergio i mean my oh, god just it's no comparison be, yeah what are they going to do he's uh, he's an absolute legend and again i mean it's, it's the perfect hat trick as well isn't it so left foot right foot left elbow oh. i mean isn't isn't that <laughs> it wasn't handball yeah, it wasn't really? handball. That's according to sergio it was no he didn't no. say he said he oh, thought i think it he did was. did he say it was handball? oh i think he did i saw a replay last night that showed very clearly that it didn't hit his arm. Well, being into my son, I didn't see. I was at the ground, but but my son tells me he was interviewed. I think with Fernandinho, and he reckons it was maybe the language barrier slightly. He may not have sort of meant to say what he said, but he kind of in, implied that at the time he didn't think it was handball, but actually when he saw the replay, it probably was. And I think Fernandinho dived in, so it's referee's decision. And of course, next season you'll all be delighted, of course, that with your wonderful VAR that you all want. That'll be chalked off, won't it? Of course. Well, we also would have had a penalty. It, 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 it wasn't. It wasn't. It wasn't deliberate. It, it was a deflection. If he'd have where the ball was going originally, he, he would have put it in with his feet. Yeah. It was a deflection off the defender, hit him on the arm. That, that's that's not handball. If he's if he's not put his arm to the ball. Don't get me started on the hour again, Yogi. Please. Just hit it. But that'd be someone's opinion, won't it, Yogi? Yeah. But it exactly. is opinion, but the, but Nigel. And actually, I mean, they they. <laughs> They grandly announced on Match of the Day last night that they'd got word from the the, the referees that if a, if there had been a, the uh, the video review, they would have they wouldn't have allowed the goal. But there was there is a an angle <laughs> that shows from behind that actually it didn't touch his arm. It's all about. So angles. there you go. It, it's not. It's still not conclusive. Yeah, but if we had VAR, we should have had a penalty then. Yeah. That was well, exactly, that was so exactly. clear. <laughs> now, listen, I think everybody's saying, look, City deserved to win the game. Yeah. We did win the game. It didn't really affect the result in any way. It's just, uh, what else are we going to talk about? Right. Oh, right. <laughs> Go on. You, what? What do you mean, right? I've got, I've got a quiz for you, Nigel. For me? Well, for, for everyone, I, all our me, listeners. I, I, asked, I asked the questions here, but go on, go on, off you go then. Right, name the nine City players <laughs> who've scored hat-tricks for City in the Premier League only. Anelka. In the Premier League era. Anelka. Yes, that's one. Tevez? Correct, yeah. This is great radio. Um, right, so because <laughs> they can't ring in, Nick. No, this is this is like well, got, recorded. Then it's ten like, seconds, and then I'll oh, tell I see. you. The okay, right. So we've got, got Anelka, so Sergio, um, Gota never got a Premier League hat trick. He no. scored Premier League goals, but not hat tricks. Um, Sterling. Yeah. Sterling got one against yeah. Bournemouth. Jesus. No, no, he's not, not in the league. cup. He's no. not in the Actually, league. there are nine, but one of them's a slight technicality. <laughs> although you probably you probably. 
disagree with me. Oh, really? So uh, let me tell I you the answer. I think our 10 seconds are up here. Let me tell you the answer. Sergio Aguero, Raheem yeah. Sterling, Yaya Torre. Oh, of course, yeah. Mario Balotelli. Yeah. Rubinho. Really? Anelka. Yeah, Rubinho scored against Stoke. Okay. Anelka. Paolo Wanchop, who scored our first hat-trick in the Premier League. Carlos Tevez, who's the only one other than Aguero to get more than one. He got four. And Edin Dzeko got one, but he actually scored four against Spurs. So, I mean, it's still a hat-trick, but he got, he actually only, the only time he got three or more was the one time against, against. All right then, just just to really continue this, this terrible sort of uh, piece of broadcasting, uh, Sergio is now second in the all-time Premier hat-trick charts, of course, and we all know who's number one. As I said at the top of the show, he's got ten, and the person in the lead is Shearer with eleven. So, uh, do you want to have a go at sort of some of the other ones who are on this list as well then? Harry Kane will probably overtake him. It's five or more. Harry Kane. Harry Kane is on there. He's had eight. Him. He's had eight, yeah. Andy yeah. Cole. Andy Cole. Andrew Cole has got five. Robbie or... Fowler. Uh, Robbie Fowler's not... Oh, Michael sorry, Owen. of course he is. Yeah, Robbie Fowler's nine. Michael Owen. Michael Owen's eight. You're doing better on these than the City players. Henri. Thierry Henri's eight. Bloody hell, this is impressive. So, again, I'm going to give up. Van Nistelrooy. Um, uh, indeed. He's had five. Van Percy. Bloody hell, yes, correct. You only missed a couple. It is uh, Shearer 11, Sergio 10, Fowler 9, uh, Henri 8, Owen 8, Kane 8, Scrooney 7, uh, Suarez 6, Cole 5, Bert- Berbatov 5, Van Rustel 5, Ian Wright 5, and Robin Van Versie 5. There you go. But, but just going back to the Arsenal game... <coughs> Very good, please, not only, not only was it a brilliant hat-trick, but his, um, I mean, his all-round game was fantastic I thought uh, particularly the third goal the ball he played out to Sterling was it on the wing um, it's just a wonderful wonderful player who else stood out for you Lisa I mean but for me Bernardo Silva sort of ran his socks yeah, off and, and has great energy and puts himself about and uh, doesn't always make the right decision but I thought I thought he shone yeah, we for us as game. well yeah. Any, anybody else I thought Gundogan played quite well. Yeah. I know a lot of people don't like to like him. Yeah. Or like to admit it. Um, but I, I think he did a good job. Kevin De Bruyne looked a little bit leggy. Mm. He's coming he's, back, he's, though, isn't he? He's coming, I, I think he's looking slightly better. I think he's... And, and Silva I as, think David as well. still doesn't look uh, quite he, I think, right. again, he was slightly better, but he's, he's maybe not got... Uh, not quite up to uh, where he was. Well, Sterling, Sterling got a good game. So. He did? Yeah. Well, he, he had a terrible first half, actually, I felt. But, but at the end of the day, two, two really important assists. Which He was wasteful in there. It's a word, word I would use, I think, first half. I thought it was disappointing. Can, can I talk about one other aspect as well, if I may? Um, which is goals conceded. And, and you know, that, teams who win Premier League titles keep clean sheets. And we don't seem to be able to do that. And I, and I read a st- statistic somewhere that half our goals this season have come from set pieces, which is actually the poorest ratio in the whole of the Premier League, which is ridiculous. Half the ones we've conceded. Half the goals we've conceded have come, just to be clear, thank you, have come from set pieces. And that is the worst ratio in the Premier League. We we are conceding a lot. lot. We shouldn't be conceding to Arsenal with a sort of possession. And in games where we have that sort of possession and we dominate the games. Thought, thoughts on that, on, on what's going on, why, why we're, and particularly at set pieces in particular. There's another one against Arsenal, a corner, poor marking in two areas, flicked on, and then a clear. Well, because we had a central defender, as Fernandinho, who isn't a central defender, and he, he lost his man. 
And, I mean, before the Newcastle game, well, we conceded one in January, so we're doing it all right. But it's, it's, it's the constant tinkering, you think. With, we've got a good defence. We've got a good central defence. You know, either the Porter, one of, or two of the Porter, Stones, Otamendi. Why bring somebody else in? And it, it was because you, you could argue, Yogi, know, we're playing in four competitions. Yeah. He's got to rotate. He's got to rest players, and they're all world class players. So he has to rotate. There's, so it's that. What's the difference between tinkering and rotating? Yeah, and, I and, suppose. And, but I think that I mean, it, was, it was definitely Fernandinho's fault. He lost his man yesterday, yeah. and he lost it. I mean, I'm not. I'm going to go at Fernandinho. I think he's the star player. But, and the Newcastle game, obviously, he made a mistake there. Yeah. Um, it just seems to be lost. Lack of concentration. It comes back to the uh, thing that we had ages ago: is does Pep have a defend- defensive bone in his body? And sure. He's not. He's not. Well, as we've said many that. times, as long as we score three or four, yeah. don't, don't matter how many you yeah. score against us, we're still going to win. Is is that it? Is it the fact that we're we're not as defensively sound because we're so brilliant going forward, or is there something else going on? I, here, think, I think that's not a great ratio, is it? There's Half a few the things going on. I think that statistic is possibly something to do with the fact that we don't concede many goals, and probably the top teams who concede less have a higher proportion conceded from set pieces because you tend to concede a number almost whatever you do are you an accountant as a proportion will be higher yes I am I sounded very much like an accountant I think that's quite a good good little (laughs) sort of thought process on that but anyway I could be totally wrong (laughs) actually I didn't you know it was a good corner the one that they scored from what was much worse was the way we conceded the corner when we had a goalkeeper and two defenders leaving it to each other, which had to get knocked out in an emergency for a corner. And there was great long periods of that game, particularly middle and middle of the first half, end of the first half, early second half a little bit, where we looked very, very open. And every time they got the ball, they looked like they could score a goal. Yeah. And we was it was the same thing that we've seen over and over again, that we're standing a yard off and we're a yard behind the pace when we don't have the pool. And we're just letting teams play because I think it's, again, it's a little bit of complacency and arrogance. There was a period, I don't know exactly what you're talking about, where again, I turned to my mate and, and I did say, I said, actually, they look more like scoring than we did. Despite all the possession, they actually look more like scoring than we did, which is ridiculous, isn't it? Well, it might be ridiculous, but I agree. And I think the other problem is, I know you were saying before, it doesn't matter because we'll score more, but when again, we aren't scoring as many as our possession stats suggest we should be. If we were, then I would be less worried about it. But every time some, you know, we're 3-1 up and then they go forward and I think, oh, great, if they score now, I'm going to be sitting here shitting myself for the next five minutes while we hang on for a win at home when we've completely dominated. And I I think that's, a poor situation to be in and it's a combination of for whatever reason we do look very open at the back and we are not making enough of the possession we have we're we're, we're very wasteful with it two big games coming up just before we move on Mm. can i just say one final thing about the arsenal game say anything as long as it's not an accounting i just want some sort of accounting spreadsheet or or something to do with accounting uh it's nothing to do with accounting okay i just want to thank the gentleman sat behind me and next to me at the game right. yesterday who conspired between them to spill the guy behind me's bovril all over my back 
when Sergio scored in the first minute yeah. and left me sitting in a pool. pool of tepid brown liquid for the rest of the game uh, and with a suspicious stain on the back of my trousers on the way home. Well, we, we thank him. And if he's listening to the show, he maybe should just send us a message. If you sit behind uh, MCF, MCFC pragmatist Nick Goldstone um, at the game, uh, which stand are you in? Are you in the uh, East stand? Uh, I'm in the one opposite the director's box. You're in the, you're in the, East, you're in the East stand. <laughs> block, block 207. Block 207 Road D. In the East stand. Road D. Oh, right, Road D. C174. Right. Oh, bloody hell. And I'll, I'll be checking... Yeah. If anyone from the club is listening, when I'm there next week to see if they've actually wiped the seat before I go back, you will. If you if you, <laughs> if you sit with Nick, just let us know, and uh, you, you've got my permission to buy anything you like on him. To be honest, and, and um, obviously we need them to get in contact because we need to corroborate that it was indeed Bovril, ah, <laughs> and not just was. a story that Nick's made up. Yeah. I can assure you, it was Bovril. Very good. Let's listen. Let's talk about these two big games coming up, um, Everton. This rearranged fixture, and I still can't quite work, work out why it's been rearranged for this Wednesday. I'm sure one of you can tell me, but uh, no. Okay. Um, so, Everton, go on, give us a guess then. To make our lives more difficult. Is that what it is? Yeah, probably. Um, but in a way, I say, it gives us that chance to, to make ground on, on Liverpool. Uh, and then Chelsea on Sunday. Uh, another sort of top six side coming to the Etihad. Four o'clock kickoff, I think, rather than the four thirty. So it's all very confusing these different times, all all to suit television, of course. Um, thoughts ahead of these two, then let's sort of combine these together. Lisa, your your thoughts on Everton on Wednesday and Chelsea on Sunday? Both are going to be difficult. We need to turn up from the beginning for the full ninety minutes for both of them. And, and I know Everton aren't doing very well at the moment, and I I, I would think their managers in a little bit of trouble if he doesn't if his results don't pick up but i suspect probably most evertonians would be delighted for us to beat them um on wednesday um so <laughs> it's, it's a bizarre it's, situation it's just one of those odd situations um, but we had that but, last time didn't yeah, we yeah but we're not um you know they haven't been playing wonderfully but that doesn't seem to cause us any trouble you know we're quite happy to lose to teams who haven't been playing wonderfully um we just, I, I can't say this enough. We have to treat every game as if it's a final. And we haven't been doing that, so we need to pick ourselves up. And Chelsea, well, they lose 4 0 to Bournemouth and then just put five past Huddersfield. Huddersfield, I know. But still, I mean, obviously, Higuain has now scored his first couple of goals for them. So they're two difficult games. And oh, Chelsea aren't playing midweek, are they either? So. Yeah, advantage to them probably. Anything to add to that, Nick? I think Lisa's covered it, hasn't she? Anything else? Your thoughts? Everton have been a bit of a bogey side over the years, but uh... yeah, they're on a terrible run. Yeah. Uh, I don't put much on that either way, to be honest. Uh, you know, we're we're all a bit more up for it now that we won that game yesterday. Um, I think we, you know, we can we can. There's no absolutely no reason at all why we shouldn't beat both of those teams, and I think with our tails up now um it'll be you know they've got to be seeing this week as a huge not quite make or break but it could make a massive difference i mean nine points from arsenal everton and chelsea would be absolutely massive and if liverpool don't beat west ham um then it's it's massive even more massive the the catch up game for liverpool is Man United when we're playing in the League Cup final. Um, so there is a lot going on in the next two, three weeks. Vital stuff. Yeah, I mean, I think it, 
the, both sides have had confidence problems recently and problems with the manager. I think I think that it, as long as we don't score in the first five minutes, I think we'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> score in the first twenty, and I think they'll, they'll both go and. We'll have, a, we'll have a word with Sergio for you. Yeah, just hold back a bit, my friend. Don't get into those pockets that you, you're fantastic at. It's been an absolute joy and a pleasure. Thank you to my three guests, to uh, Yogi Barron, to Lisa Rabinovitz, and to Nick Goldstone. This is Nigel Rothman saying thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you all very soon. The Man City Show is backed for the season by Ladbrooks. This is a Playback Media production. To listen to all our football podcasts, visit playbackmedia.co.uk. Sports Social Podcast Network. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers.